This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Hi, this is Jerry Agar in for John Moore on The Breakfast Wrap for February the 9th. Special weather statement in effect for southern Ontario. Heavy rainfall, strong winds, total rainfall to 25 centimeters possible, and winds as high as 90 kilometers per hour. And there's a risk of freezing rain this morning as well, especially over the northern sections. Fog patches will dissipate this morning. We should get a high of 8 today. Tomorrow, cloudy, chance of flurries or rain showers in the morning and a high of four. And then looking ahead to the weekend, chances of flurries on Saturday, sunny on Sunday. Here are the five things you need to know. Forecast for southern Ontario, as I just said, calls for heavy rain and strong wind. Ford is first up to meet with the feds to discuss health care funding. Canada sends military assessment team to aid Turkey after the earthquake. Toronto City Council votes to make other governments help out with homeless. And police warn, unless you call first, the roof repair guy shouldn't be knocking on your door. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good to have you along. I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore for the week. He'll be back on Monday. Now, I don't know why I started doing this on Monday, but I just decided to tell a joke and then I just decided to do it for the rest of the week. And each one of them is a man walks into a bar joke. So I, I, I put a lot of little fences around what it is I can do. So here, here's today. In this case, a cowboy walks into a bar somewhere in the Midwest. It, it, good to know that the orchestra is ready to go. <laughs> and, uh, the cowboy walks into the bar, and uh, he just comes in. He doesn't know anybody there. He has a drink. He walks back out, and his horse is gone. Somebody has stolen his horse. He walks back into the bar. He takes out his gun. He throws it up in the air. He catches it. He fires a shot into the ceiling and says, somebody took my horse. And I don't want to have to do what I'd done in Texas when somebody took my horse. So I'm going to have me another drink. And if I go out there and my horse ain't there, I'm going to have to do what I done in Texas. And I don't want to do that. So he has his drink and he goes back out and the horse has been returned. He gets on the horse and starts to ride out of town. And one of the patrons of the bar runs and catches up to him. And he goes, hey, cowboy, what? What was it you done in Texas? Well, I had to walk home. Thank you very much. Okay, so I wasn't going to talk about this but uh, because I didn't know what had happened, but I was walking in, and uh, from where we put things together for the show and here where we do the show, there's our mailboxes. And I go, oh, a little red envelope in there. And get, it's a Christmas envelope. Uh, it's uh, apparently from Santa Claus. So a little late, isn't it? Nick, isn't this a little uh, late for Santa to be working? No, actually, he's early for 23. <laughs> well, uh, it just says, Jerry, enjoy your show, Santa. And there's a gift involved. And the gift is, I mentioned the other day that I don't have Disney Plus. And the only reason I might want Disney Plus is to watch that eight-hour Beatles special, Get Back. Somebody just sent me this, the, the discs. I got to figure out if I got something at home now that plays discs because a computer doesn't anymore. Uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't have that little tray that pops out. You can put the disc in because uh, it's a newer laptop. But I, I, I do have a C, uh, DVD player, I guess. This is a bootleg, isn't it, Nick? Santa is everything spelled? Co- is everything spelled correctly on there? 
Well, it's uh, it, it's somebody put some advertising or something, I think, for the Beatles Get Back and, and photocopied it and then stuck it in here. Santa, this is what Santa did, and sent me the three discs, which they numbered by hand. <laughs> the discs are numbered by hand. Okay, there's your clue right there. All right, so I don't necessarily approve of bootlegging. But at least they came to you. Normally, I have to, like, hang out in a Burger King for someone to come by and bring them to me. <laughs> Why, did somebody, hey, you want to buy a copy of Get Back? In New York City, that's what they do. <laughs> they come in with a bunch of DVDs Seriously? in hand into, like, fast food restaurants and try to sell them. Really? Some guy comes in and he's got, like, a fistful of... Uh, bootleg DVDs. And usually what? The hot movie that's out right now? Exactly. Whatever. And sometimes it's still in theaters at that moment. Yeah. And is it a really good copy or did somebody sit there with their cell phone on during the movie? And Depends then Depends on what's being bootlegged. If it's the hot movie or whatever, yeah. sometimes they get, like, an early advanced copy and they're just able to copy the DVD. I Other see. times, yeah, it's a cell phone video in the theater. So it comes down to whether or not you're dealing with a quality criminal but hey at least it came right to your mailbox so let me get this straight so you mentioned you don't have disney plus because you want to watch the beta special and someone and something magically appears in your mailbox so if you have a dvd player you want to part with 260 richmond's no just kidding. <laughs> 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 somebody mail me a dvd player i have a dvd player i just have to hook it up to the tv all right uh but yeah actually because people are so nice I mean, this was nice of whoever sent this to me. Santa Claus uh, sent this to me. Another person actually called in when I mentioned this on the air the other day and gave Donnie his email and password so that I could log on to Disney Plus and watch it for free. But somewhere along the line, there must have been a typo because the email the password doesn't work. <laughs> so I was out of luck. But now Santa has sent this thing. Well, it's a good thing it was Disney Plus and not Netflix, otherwise it'd be costing the person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And speaking of Disney, they're going to lay off 7,000 people. Disney is laying off 7,000 people for the first time, for whatever reason, their subscriber numbers have gone down. Disney's subscriber numbers are down, so I guess the Beatles thing didn't save them. Uh, it would appear um, they are trying to find a way to cut five and a half billion dollars in spending at Disney. See, this is the thing I was trying to talk to the mayor of Toronto about yesterday when he was on mayor in the morning. Because he's begging for money at the provincial level. He's begging for money at the federal level. He's threatening tax raise. Well, well, there already is one tax raise, which is your property tax at 7%. And then they're talking about the possibility of parking levies and all kinds of other ways. And, and I said to him, you know, have you thought of cutting the size of government? Like, have you ever thought of that? Because this is what corporations do because they have to. Because Disney can't just... Sign a piece of paper and force me against my will or you against your will to sign up for Disney Plus so that they're okay. But that's what government does. And when you have the power to do that, then why would you bother doing anything other than going your merry way of huge numbers of employees at very good wages at pension plans the public will never see where you can retire out of a government job with the um, life expectancy that we have these days where you can retire out of a government job and live on pension for longer than you did the government job 
That's actually literally possible in many areas of government. But that doesn't happen in the private sector. So the reason government doesn't do it is because there's nothing in it for them. I don't think that Bob Iger just woke up one morning and rubbed his hands with glee like Snidely Whiplash and said, I'll just fire 7,000 of those people and we'll see how they feel. I don't think that's the case. Because it wasn't the happiest place on earth there, was it? Well, not at the moment. But at, let me ask you this, Nick. Do you think each of those 7,000 people thought they were doing something of value? It's hard to say because out of nowhere, this happens and, you know, you're really left with some whiplash. Yes, but, but uh, when they went to work every day, I think they thought they were doing something of value. And that will be what comes back. Well, we're doing valuable work in the government. So were these 7,000 people. But when you get to sign a piece of paper and make other people pay the bills, then life gets easy, doesn't it? Speaking of which, I did get a free copy of Get Back. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. This is More in the Morning on News Talk 1010 Toronto. I'm Jerry Agar because John Moore was a man who went on vacation, but he will come back. That vacation will not last. He'll be back on Monday. Here's a piece of good news. After all these years, John Cleese has decided to do another round of Faulty Towers. That shows a classic. And how many episodes were there? Nick, can you guess off the top of your head? How many episodes of Faulty Towers did they do? 275. 12. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 12. Wow. And it's a classic. And actually, uh, in part, it's a classic because the thing was doing really, really well. And they just decided the creators were John Cleese and uh, Prunella Scales, and uh, along with um, Connie Booth, who was at the time married to John Cleese. And she played the. She played the. Um, barmaid or or something like that. And uh, Prunella Scales played Sybil Faulty, married to John Cleese character Basil Faulty. Such a great show. And now, after all these years, they have decided to do it again. And John Cleese will be doing it with his daughter, who apparently is a, a television writer and comedian, somewhat like her father. And um, one of the producers of this thing is um, the guy who also did quite a number of great movies like A Few Good Men, uh, Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner will be behind it as well. Don't know anything more in terms of when they'll get it done or where it will be broadcast, but I'll be watching for that. That could save Disney right there. Uh, <laughs> they do another 12 episodes of uh, Faulty Towers. Now, on something much more serious, let's get an update uh, at least on what took place during the day yesterday with this just incredible event of a city bus driver in Laval, Quebec, deciding for whatever reason, and I think there's a huge mental illness issue here, to drive his city bus into uh, a building that housed kindergarten. And uh, here is a report from uh, Genevieve Beauchemin from CTV. The city bus rammed head-on into the Centro Center, into rooms where children were playing, turning a daycare into a crime scene. A lot of screaming, yeah. Oh, screaming and uh, 
you know, uh, crying and uh, it was awful. It's horrible. This at drop-off time at 8.30, when most parents had just left their children at the daycare for the day. There are young kids stuck under the bus, says this mom. I came running back. I had to find my son. The loud crash and chaos sent neighbors rushing in to help pull those young children pinned under the bus. But some could not be saved. One child died on the scene. Another died in hospital. Both were just four years old. Jeanette Lamoureux's husband helped two men, both dads, tackle the driver as he got off the bus, holding him until police arrived. I saw him when the police dragged him in the, the vehicle. His eye was like popping out, you know. He was nude. He didn't have any pants. So uh, I, 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 I still can see his eyes, you know, how hysteric he was, that man. The daycare is in a cul-de-sac. Witnesses describe the bus accelerating after veering toward the daycare. Police took the driver into custody. The bus driver, a 51-year-old man, employee of the STL, has been arrested. The STL, that's the Laval bus service, where the suspect, Pierre Ni saint amand worked for nearly a decade. He faces nine charges, including two counts of first-degree murder and aggravated assault. Investigators say it will take time to pull all the pieces together. There's a growing memorial near the scene, as the fact that a daycare could have been targeted sends shockwaves across the country. I can't imagine what uh, the families of the kids who were killed uh, and indeed the ones who were seriously injured are going through right now. Other daycares have opened their doors to welcome the children, but many parents say that tomorrow they will keep them home and that tonight they'll be hugging them tight. That's from CTV. I'm Jerry Agar in here for John Moore. Such a tragic story and such a mystery because one of the things I was reading this morning is that the suspect in this case was known in the neighborhood as a nice guy. You'd see him and wave at him and say good morning when he shoveled his driveway if it had snowed. And then uh, off he went to work and he was known in the summer to host barbecues. Other people would come. He had a patio in his backyard and he would host barbecues. He was just a normal guy in the neighborhood. Not, not a person who, you know, was known to have mental illness and that sort of thing as far as his neighbors were concerned. So um, just a tragic and disturbing story all the way around. Here's a quick update, by the way, on a story we talked about a little earlier, uh, a story that uh, actually Joe Warmington in the Toronto Sun had called a Home Alone story, where there was a 13-year-old young lad who was in the Don Mills area. Um, 13-year-old young lad was at home, and the doorbell rings, and he answers the door, and a man and a woman just barge in. They take over. They begin to steal stuff. And uh, the boy was very clever. The, the man demanded a glass of water. And so the, the kid went over and got him a glass of water and held the glass by the, by the bottom of the glass so that when the man took the glass, drank the water, put the glass down, the police had fingerprints. And the update on this now is that uh, couple of people have been arrested. There's been a release of video where you see the woman first arrived, then the man arrives, and they ring the doorbell and everything proceeds. But now those two people, because you can clearly see their faces and uh, they had the fingerprints. So um, Dominic McKay Jones, 34, of Toronto, and Sky Robichaud Miller, 23, of Toronto, are charged with robbery, 
forcible entry, failure to comply with a probation order on the case of the man, and failure to comply with the release order on the uh, case of the woman. So that's the, that's the update on that. And still, big thumbs up to the kid. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. More in the morning continues on News Talk 1010 Toronto. Good morning. Good to have you along. Hey, here's a funny thing. What were you going to say, Nick? Well, this particular track, Smooth yes. by Santana, right. was the very first music bed we used on your new show when you started here. How many years ago? February 22nd, 2010. Wow. Yeah, I used to use that um, on radio shows before I came back to Canada. And it, it was the theme music. And I don't know if I chose to stop it or, I don't know, programming got tired of it or something. <laughs> it's probably the latter. Because <laughs> I like the way it just started, you know, with the drum and the um, it's just a cool kind of sound, I thought. But anyway, uh, here's the thing we're going to do tomorrow because Super Bowl is coming up. And uh, I was in the chip aisle at the grocery store, and I saw the yellow package, two for $4. Although Joe tells me that not long ago it was a buck a package. So how long ago was it a dollar a package for the yellow pack of chips? I think it was less than six months ago. Yeah, was this all part of that war that Loblaws had with the with Lay's? That I don't know. I mean, I was just blaming it on inflation or whatever, but yeah. I noticed that, yeah, now they're $2 a bag. But I'm looking at the chip aisle, and I'm seeing the yellow bag, um, two for $4. And then over next to that was another type of chip, two for $6. And then there's yet another one, two for $9. And I thought... I should buy one of each and take them home and see if, they, if it's really worth the money. And then we decided instead to do it tomorrow. Uh, I think it's going to be me and Lisa Morales and uh, Richard Krause. And we're going to do blind taste testing and give you uh, a consumer report on uh, Ripple chips. Would you consider you're a connoisseur of chips? I would consider that I am a regular consumer of chips. Does that make you a connoisseur? Uh, yeah. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Only if you have strong opinions on the flavors. Well, the thing is, it won't be interesting and good to know if we do this tomorrow. Well, we will do this tomorrow in the blind taste test. And actually, the winner is not the most expensive chip. That's good information to have. And by the way, let's just... I'm going on a tangent here, but years and years ago, I was doing a remote broadcast at a, at a wine store, and they had a guy there who was an expert, a sommelier, and he was telling me all about this things, uh, various things about wine, and he told me that he had worked in a wine store at one time before he became a sommelier, and there was a homeless guy who would come in, and he had put together enough money, enough change out on the street on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to buy a bottle of the very cheapest down-market wine they could, that you could possibly get. And they stopped carrying it. He came in the day after they stopped carrying it, the homeless guy. And he said, where's the whatever it was? Well, we're not carrying that anymore. Well, that was the best wine ever. And the guy said to him, so you know a lot about wine? And the homeless guy said, I'm a canoiser. <laughs> so you don't want to be messing with the canoiser because they know what they're doing. All right, so there's a roofing scam, and uh, this is not new, but uh, apparently a man has been arrested, and this has been going around, and it's good for people to know this, and especially you got somebody in your family who might, um, might be easily fooled. 
Toronto Police, CP24 reports, are warning the public about an increase in roofing scams after arresting a man who allegedly defrauded a West End homeowner by claiming to work for a roofing company. He approached a resident and uh, said that uh, he could he saw that there was issues with the roof that needed repair and that he worked for a North York roofing company and he provided them with a contract, um, took the homeowner to the bank, got a bank draft, and then, well, you know what happens after that. Nothing. And so what police want you to know is, look, here's how this works. If you need a roof repair, you call a roof repair company. They don't come around door to door. If it's knock, knock or ding dong or whatever it is, hey, know that we happen to be in the neighborhood and we notice that your roof needs repair. They say, thank you. I'll take that up with a roof repair company. Close the door. Meanwhile, um, Toronto City Council has rejected the idea of immediately implementing 24-7 warming centers and declaring homelessness a public health crisis. But they did ask city staff to look at the feasibility of keeping the spaces open 24-7 during the winter months and to report back. On CP24, here's what John Tory had to say. When you talk about having 24-7 uh, warming centers across the city, it sounds good until you get to the practical questions raised by our staff, uh, which are, well, can we staff these? I mean, can we literally find people to staff them? Uh, are the facilities where we have warming centers, which are like the rotunda of Metro Hall downtown, applicable or appropriate for 24-hour uh, you know, service, uh, 24 hours a day all the time? It's probably fine to a certain extent that this is the decision that City Hall made last night because aren't we kind of working our way out of what will be the coldest weather now? I hope so. I mean, we could have another cold snap. There was, you may have heard John Moore on a number of occasions say on this show, on Jerry Agar in for John Moore, that he has to step around or over homeless people when he comes out of the parking garage. I park in the same garage he does. And they're generally just lately when it's been really cold, there have been numbers of people actually sleeping inside the parking garage. Either they're sprawled out on the steps or in the lobby of the parking garage. They don't cause us any trouble. They're just trying not to freeze to death. And actually, the lobby is quite warm. That's for some reason in that parking garage. And if you just went down into the parking garage being underground and having some form of heat, it's not that warm when it's real cold outside, but it's certainly above freezing and survivable. But this morning when I came in and currently we're at two degrees, it's not it's above freezing. There was nobody in there. So may I don't know where they go. And the interesting thing to me is this is curious to me. I thought about this the other day. It's never the same people. And I, I don't know what it's like to be homeless. I also don't know what it's like to maybe suffer from whatever issues um, the people who are homeless are suffering from, whether it's mental illness or it's uh, um, addictions of some sort or combination of all of those things. So they're not good decision makers. But I think if I were out on the street and I literally had no place to go, if I found a warm lobby and I slept in there and nobody stopped me from doing it, I'm back there the next night. <laughs> That's why hunt around for another one. But I don't know. When you're of no fixed address, I guess you just look for the first warm place when you decide to lay down and go to sleep. I imagine that's how that works. But 
at this point, City Hall has decided that the warming centers will not be open 24-7. Now, this vote followed a very passionate debate, CP24 reports, at Toronto City Hall on a recommendation by Board of Health to provide 24-7 indoor warming locations through April 15th in order to provide people, excuse me, walk-in access to a safe place to spend the night. Hours of debate, and uh, this is finally what they came up with. They adopted an amendment by text calling on the provincial government to require all large municipalities in Ontario to provide shelter space proportionate to their population and for the federal government to provide funding for refugees seeking emergency shelter in Toronto, which is interesting because the city has no power to affect any of that at the provincial level or the federal level. But the province, of course, if they listen to Toronto, could tell your community, if you're not living in Toronto, that that's what the taxpayers have to provide, and then it would have to happen. Coming up, some of the further reaction to the health care meeting, and it's interesting that Jugmeet Singh, the NDP, very, very critical, and Pierre Polyev only sort of critical, and would Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives, if elected, honour the deal? That's coming up. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Hey, here's a nice piece of official news. I think we thought this was coming, but this will interest you too, Nick, because you and I might be the JS fans in the building here. Would you say that's true? In fact, Nick, to be honest with you, um, who now, he worked with me for like a decade, and then he escaped and works (laughs) works on the morning show. They they finally granted my request, but go on. (laughs) Yes. You know, bureaucracy is slow to roll in big corporations, Nick. And now now here I am back. Uh, But you also work with the, do you work with the Jays, or who actually hires you? No, actually, it's a freelance company that uh, I work with a visiting radio crew. Okay. So when the Jays would play the Chicago White Sox, as an example, I would work with the Chicago White Sox. I have nothing to do with the Jays. Now, they send a radio road crew. And some do. Uh, yeah, they do. Yes, yeah. okay. uh, most of the teams do, but some don't. Uh, and those who don't, thank you, because that's why we're hired to do that job. No, but what I mean is they send announcers, and that's who you have to work with. The, the Jays are not doing that. Uh, ben Wagner is going to do radio, but he's going to sit here in Toronto, and he'll be there for the games live, obviously, for the home games. But uh, for 81 away games, he's going to sit in a studio and watch television and tell you what he's seeing. That's how they're going to work that, which irks me. But the good news on the whole thing is that more of these games are going to be done by Dan Schulman. And I think Dan Schulman is one of the best baseball announcers you could possibly find. And he's from here, and he grew up a Jays fan, uh, and, and it's fabulous to have him, I, I think. Would you give a thumbs up to that, Nick, on Dan Schulman? A tip of the baseball cap, yes. Along with Buck, who, thank God, is uh, coming back because he had a real health scare with, uh, with cancer, and he was gone for a while. And I think those two together are fabulous. It is. And, you know, some might say, well, it's just, you know, baseball is boring. It's a slow paced game. But when you have talented people behind the mics, just as yourself, um, to tell the story, that's what it's all about is telling the stories of what's going on on the field. Yeah, and uh, De- Jerry was really good at it when uh, he was doing it. And and uh, it, it's nothing against anybody else who's done Jay's broadcast. There's been a number of them. But I just think Shulman is fantastic. And Buck, like when we first moved here, and my wife was, because Buck has like not the greatest voice for radio, but you get all caught up in it because he knows so much about the game, and, and, he become, and he can tell stories, and he's entertaining. And as long as it's the two of them, I'm there. 
okay, I'm there to watch a baseball game, but I mean, I just, I, I, I just like it. So that's that's what they're doing, and and Hazel's still going to be there too. So. That's good. Now, yesterday uh, we were talking about the healthcare meeting that took place and getting various reactions. And Pierre Polyev, I'm going to go with uh, 23 here, Nick. First, 23. Um, Pierre Polyev weighed in. Yesterday we had heard from Jugmeet Singh. He was not happy with the meetings at all. And here's uh, some of what Pierre Polyev had to say. Uh, obviously, a future conservative government led by Myself will keep in place these additional sums and honor the commitments made yesterday. But we regret that the Prime Minister broke the federal bank and wasted so much money that he now cannot come to the table and help relieve the suffering in our emergency rooms and on our wait lines that have grown uh, out of control under his eight years as Prime Minister. Okay, so of course he took shots at the government, but I think it's important that he said whatever health deal gets put in place, Doug Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario, is first up to have a one-on-one with the feds, not necessarily with the prime minister, but uh, to talk to the health minister and iron out details of how this is going to work for Ontario. Whatever's put in place, um, Pierre Polyev has now promised, will not be torn apart. Um, But he did take the opportunity to dump on the federal liberal government a little more. He had money for the We Charity. $54 $54 million for the useless and broken Arrive Can app, over $100 million for the McKenzie high-priced consultants, but he doesn't have enough money for health care. And so yesterday he announced sums that are not adequate, according to the Premiers, to fix the health care damage that have, has emerged under eight years of Trudeau. All right, well, let's give Trudeau a chance then to tell his side of the story. There are negotiations about to start with the provinces on how uh, they want to make sure that they're hitting those four priority areas we're facing. We put forward the fiscal frame uh, that the federal government has and the investments uh, that we're putting on the table for provinces to do. Now, provinces have the flexibility of putting more money into primary health care, to putting uh, more money uh, of this into mental health, or more support for workers, or uh, doing a lot more on data. All right. um, So obviously that's going to continue. We'll hear back from the province, I'm sure, on what they negotiate. By the way, I want to respond to a text that I got a little earlier. I had we had been speaking about this horrible incident in Laval where a bus driver who seemed normal to everybody up till that day uh, drove his bus at speed, his city bus at speed into a kindergarten, killed a couple of kids and created a lot of trauma. Um, And I said, it's obviously a mental health issue here. The guy did that. Um, He has no criminal record. Uh, He he then took off his clothes and emerged naked from the bus. And he was apparently screaming. He wasn't saying anything. He was just screaming. And uh, somebody wrote to me and said, why does it always have to be mental health? Some people are just evil. You know, I agree with that. Evil exists. And some people are just evil. But I think this was a mental health issue. I do. And here's a funny thing from one of the people I follow on Instagram that I wanted to pass along. You know, you get that stuff on Twitter or Instagram. And if you care about this issue, please forward with the intimation that if you don't forward it, you, you disagree with the issue. I hate that stuff. But one of the people I follow calls herself Just Me Scoot wrote this. 
Please copy this and post if you know someone or have heard of someone who knows someone that may have known someone who knows anyone. If you don't know anyone or even if you heard of anyone who doesn't know anyone anymore, uh, doesn't know someone, then still copy this. It's important to spread the message. Oh, and the hearts. Don't forget the hearts. This is Newstock 1010. I know that person. <laughs> That's The Breakfast Wrap. I'm Jerry Agar for John Moore. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.